Hi and welcome to Align Don't Hustle, bringing you inspiration for alignment and abundance in your life and business. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we live, work and play. We encourage everyone to learn about and celebrate the rich and diverse First Nations cultures. I'm Matilda, co-founder of Myoni. And at Myoni, we want to improve how people feel about periods and flow with the four phases of their menstrual cycle. We're also huge advocates for identifying flow in other areas of our lives, using our passions to help guide the way we build our lives and businesses. That's why we created Align Don't Hustle. In this podcast, we share the stories and learnings of people creating a life they love. We found that while building Myoni, when we stopped pushing the proverbial uphill and stopped hustling for the sake of it, we were able to step back, make better decisions, listen to our gut, align with our heart, womb, whole being, and our menstrual cycles. To learn more about Myoni and sign up to our email, visit myoni.love. Now, on with the show. In this episode, I chat to Monica Arsenault. She's a filmmaker based in New York and the founder of Soul Series Productions. And she calls herself a writer, director, producer, and Catholic feminist. We talk candidly about what it means to her to be a Catholic feminist and how she has produced, written, and directed films that explore issues of feminism, sexuality, religion, and taboo. Her story is full of inspiration for anyone wanting to create change and embrace multiple facets of their identity. Thank you so much, Monica. It's exciting to have you on the show. Um, exciting to speak to you on the other side of the world. <laughs> so, I'm so excited to be here all the way from Brooklyn. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's nice. We've met and spoken to a few different people around the world and it's really nice to connect, particularly at this point at this time when we know we're not able to travel. So it's good to hear from people and know how they're doing and how life has changed and particularly through our conversations, I think this year has been um, one that has created a lot of those decisions for people around their journeys and, and what it is that they're doing, whether it's changed or not for the better or worse. Yeah. How yeah. Are you going? Uh, it's been a journey for sure. You know, um, I was actually at a film festival that got shut down when, when New York City went into lockdown and then I ended up quarantining on the West Coast and then came back. So I'm back home and I'm happy to be here. I'm with my roommates and, you know, we're just riding the wave out. Nice. Yeah, I think that's it. We don't really know what's coming, but we're creating space within the turmoil or whatever is happening at the moment to, to do what it is that we love. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. We can start a little bit maybe with a bit of your background and your story, if you'd like, because um, I'm super curious to know what it is that draw, drew you into the film industry and, yeah, how you found yourself producing and writing and creating films. Yeah, so um, my whole life I was acting. I remember being put in dance classes when I was three and learning every word of the entire school play when I was in kindergarten, even though I only had like two lines. And then when I got to high school, I really wanted to explore the behind the scenes aspect and really fell in love with it and decided to go to school for film directing. 
Um, and I moved to New York City when I was 18 um, from New Jersey, and I went to school for film directing. And then about two years into that program, I got really scared, as, as you do when you're 19 and you don't know what you want to do with your life. And I actually decided to switch and go to acting school. Um, and I finished out that program after two and a half years. And then I, during that program, what I really loved about that acting program was that it was geared towards creating your own work as an actor, creating opportunities for yourself um, to do the kind of work that you wanted to do. And that's really why I chose that program at the Atlantic Acting School um, to, to do that. And I made some incredible connections and I learned a lot about the kind of work that I wanted to make. And in our final semester of that program, we started creating our own work. We formed a theater company that has since dissolved because we were a bunch of actors trying to do <laughs> the business <laughs> end of theater. Sure, yep. <laughs> Um, it's all a part of finding what works and what your where your talents lie. <laughs> and what was great was that it was within the it was in the structure of this education system. So it wasn't like uh, it, there was no money invested in it beyond what we had paid for the education. Yeah. Um, and we also had this class called uh, it was like a web series class, and I kind of really like tapped into that film school screenwriting education that I had gotten for those two years and. I wrote a story that I really cared about and my teacher really, really wanted me to make it. And I was like, I can't make this right now. I'm stage managing our theater production. I have no oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> but several other people in my class also said that they really wanted to, to see it happen and wanted to help and do whatever they could to make it happen. So after I graduated, I gra this is actually a crazy story. I graduated in December like December 17th. And by January 18th, I was on set filming the first episode of that web series wow. that I had written. That's yeah, a quick turnaround. It, yeah. <laughs> it was a really quick turnaround. <laughs> uh, yeah. How did and that then happen? I, was that just having the right connections and the right resources available to you? Or did, you know, did that kind of all just fall into place? It was a combination of things. Um, I reached out to some Facebook groups that I belonged to. Um, so New York City filmmaker Facebook groups I belonged to and said that I was looking for a cinematographer and a sound person. I used someone that I trusted to be my first AD. That's like kind of your directing right-hand person on set. Mm -hmm. They also keep everyone on schedule and on time. Sure, yep. And <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's important. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, I made all the props and costumes myself. And I uh, worked with the people that I had gone to acting school with as the actors. And mm -hmm. um, we shot the first episode and then I used the footage from that episode to launch a crowdfunding campaign. Uh-huh, yep. Um, which was actually really effective because you proved to the people that you were asking money from that you could make something and that it would get finished. And you and they really saw where their money was going because we were using the same people and the same team. Yeah, so that was cool. pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, I think that's some nice learnings there about um, not looking too far out of your circle to start the first project as well. Like a lot of people get really scared and it's like, what am I going to do? How do I move and make this thing happen? Like an idea that you might have. But 
nice learnings around looking at what's available to you, what resources are there, and then asking for help where you do need it. Like Facebook's amazing, obviously having you know the internet and the social media connectedness that we have, there is such an amazing wealth of opportunity out there. And I do find that once you start connecting to people in groups that they're quite willing to support others, which is, you know, it can be quite scary asking for that support, but people are out there and they're willing to do that. That's really cool. And if it's a project that people care about, they're, they're super willing to help and they're super willing to recommend people if they are not available. So yeah, oh, cool. definitely reaching out to your immediate community, but as well as your extended community is yeah, great. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, love it. And how did the crowdfunding campaign go? It was the most stressful um, 30 days of my life. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we raised like $13,000, um, which was crazy. I do not know how we did that. Um, That's awesome. uh, yeah, I was basically like working nonstop for 30 days just on it's crowdfunding is a full time job. And I don't think that people realize how hard it is. I think a lot of filmmakers that I've talked to think that they can build the crowdfunding campaign and then people will start giving them money as long as they mm -hmm. post on social media but it's actually like you have to send dozens of emails a day you have to like constantly be posting you have to offer very specific incentives you have to factor those into the cost of the crowdfunding campaign yeah. um so it's a process and uh it was really it was really hard <laughs> yeah there is a lot of work um, not that I've ever had to do it myself personally, but watching people do it, it's a lot of um, behind the scenes and a lot of pushing and, you know, putting the word out there and really you don't just sit there and the money flows in. You've got to really work for it. Yeah. And I think the thing about crowdfunding campaign is like keeping the momentum going. It's like yeah. announcing that you've hit certain milestones and goals and then pushing for that last like 80 to 100 percent of your of your goal so that you can actually film the thing yeah 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 you want to be able to do it in the end yeah so from that crowdfunding campaign we raised enough money to make the next five episodes of the um awesome. of the series and it's gone to a bunch of film festivals which has been really exciting that's awesome so give us an overview of what the the program the the series was about yeah, so it's called Nun Habits, and it's about um, a bisexual nun who befriends a high school student who's coming to terms with her sexuality, and they figure out if they have a place in the Catholic Church and what that place might be. And I really wrote it um, as like an inspirational tale when my, or not an inspiration, like just as a model for what the Catholic Church could be sure. if they were as accepting as they claim to be. <laughs> after my best friend came out to me as queer when she was 17 and we had a really big heart to heart because I'm Catholic and she yeah. was really scared that I was going to be offended and um that broke my heart because she's like family we grew up across the street from each other and uh yeah yeah it's it's a really toxic environment and I think that we need to put women and queer people at the center of the conversation a little bit more that's awesome that's such a powerful um, yeah, way to be able to address some of those topics because, yeah, they need to be talked about and to be able to position them in a way people can um, access them and, and have that conversation in a broader context. That's really cool. Yeah, and the series is, is very comedic. So it, it brings people into the conversation in a really fun way. And then as the episodes go on, they get a little bit more serious towards the end. Yeah, so. cool. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I'm, we're going to have to find a way that we can um, access it in Australia. You'll have, we'll have to put some links at the bottom of the, yeah, the for sure. show notes. That'd be awesome. Because <laughs> it sounds amazing. That's cool. Yeah, and then from there, I guess I just started like producing. A lot of actors wanted to make their own work because I had gone to this program about creating yeah. your own work. And they were like, hey, you did this. How, how do we also do this? And then yeah. I started working with people and helping them make it happen. And now I have a very small independent production company um, that is dedicated to uh, telling diverse stories. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So do you work a lot with other people Yeah, coming to you and then finding the, the means on the way to put that into some sort of context and video? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think that what's important is having a great story and and sharing your message with the world in a way that brings people together and champions diversity and makes the world a better place. And if you're doing that, then I think that whatever budget you have, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, awesome. How have you found the reception from others from some of that work? It's been overwhelmingly positive um, in a really intimidating way, which I'm actually, I'm very happy about, but, um, but yeah, I kind of feel like I have to meet this, this standard. <laughs> in <a way. laughs> oh, well, that's positive. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's super great. A lot of people are really excited. They think that the stories are really meaningful. They think the production quality is really well done. I mean, it's I've I've been very very lucky I haven't had a lot of bad experiences on set That's with a great. lot of people yeah, yeah awesome and in terms of getting those films out into the world how are you finding in this day and age of you know streaming and people being online and you know those I know film festivals are still a thing but they're not necessarily the place that people go to to find new material um, how are you finding that people are um, consuming those films it's it's a little weird um it's a very oversaturated industry right now in terms of streaming and in terms of mm. the different uh projects that are available online specifically web series um film festivals are great because you end up pitching to uh, streaming platforms and then they mm. have a built-in audience sure um they also help you get just like more people interested in your work, you meet more people, you meet people that are interested in seeing what you have to offer, you make connections, you get more jobs, um, but you also get a built-in audience. If they see your first episode of a film festival, then they wanna go find the other ones. Mm. So it's, I find that film festivals are still the best way to make those connections and build that audience, but um, if you can like connect with a, a streaming platform at one of those festivals, there are a ton that are for independent creators of web series and some of them are monetized. Some of them have non-exclusivity contracts. So you can still mm. put it up online yourself and then on their platform. Yeah. It's um, distributions. Interesting. It's very oversaturated, but it also means that there are a lot of options out there. Yeah, that's cool. It's good to hear because you do wonder how much, um, people know that's out there. I, you know, I know there's a lot of other smaller streaming um, platforms popping up and they do often highlight, you know, smaller productions and, and more alternative productions, but it's nice to know that, you know, there, there's still an avenue to make those connections for a broader audience. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I guess we've talked a little bit about what drives your work, but I also wanted to touch on um, the way in which you describe yourself uh, um, and the way in which you've been able to build your, your business, I guess, reflects that. Um, I'm just reading your email footer at the moment. So you call yourself a director, writer, producer, and a Catholic feminist. Um, I think that's really an interesting dynamic, but you also wear that really publicly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a very Catholic family, but not super Catholic. Like I grew up in New Jersey and this very liberal town, very close to this town called Princeton, where they, it's very artsy, it's a lot of theater. Um, it's pretty liberal in my opinion and experience. Um, but uh, my dad was actually in the seminary studying to be a Catholic priest when he met my mom and he oh, left wow. for her. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so Catholicism was just something that existed in our home and my mom wasn't super into it and my dad was, and it was really cool to see that they had these different interests and yeah. experience like what that meant for me. Yeah. And when I went to Catholic high school, that was the first time I had gone to a private school instead of a public school. And it felt like Catholicism was being shoved down my throat in a really unhealthy way where it was like, you're guilty all the time. And I was like, this isn't what I was taught growing up about Catholicism. And I kind of like blindly rejected it. I was just like, I don't need to worry about this. And then when I got to college, I was searching for community. New York City's a big city yeah. and it's really hard to make friends. So I got involved with a couple of Catholic groups through NYU, even though I wasn't attending NYU. Yeah. Um, because the school that I was going to didn't have anything like that. And um, it was awesome. And I had a really great time and I learned about Catholicism in a very different way. We, The first thing that we read at these groups was uh, the Pope's John Paul II's letter to artists, um, which is all about how artists and the Catholic church have worked together throughout time. And it really helped me realize that these things didn't have to be separate in my life and growing up I really felt like they did because there is so much trauma mm -hmm. in the artistic community because of the way that the Catholic Church treats queer people and because of the way that the Catholic Church views the arts and talks about art as a profession and chosen career path it's it's not healthy and people are really against it especially just like Christianity as a whole and I don't blame them, to be honest. Like, I super don't. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, that's really interesting to hear your perspective. Um, and it's definitely something I know a lot of people have different commentary on. So to know, yeah, that you've been able to find a way to find that balance, I guess, or inspiration from both and to bring that together. Well, and what's great is that because my dad has so much education in theology, when I started Re go, like reintroducing myself to the Catholic Church, he introduced me to a bunch of female theologians that write about feminist theology. And he just like gave me books and books and books about how they don't necessarily need to equate to what the Catholic Church, the Vatican says, mm -hmm. um, that there is a way to interpret these things in a different way that looks at it more holistically from a feminist perspective. And that was really interesting. And I guess what I try to do in my work is make that accessible to people who don't have a background in theology because it is very dense um, in a way that is just drawing from my personal experiences. Yeah, cool. 
from that experience and from the work that you've done and um and even the work that your father's done and, and opened the door to to your you know having that knowledge as well i guess what are some key lessons or learnings that you would pass on to people um i guess in the film sense but also who may have challenges with the where they sit in community whether it be in a faith community or in the in the broader community yeah what i say to people when they ask me is just that i know that i'm loved by my creator above anything else um nothing that i ever do is going to change that relationship and i know that my creator feels the same way about everyone that i love but you need to find that for yourself so if it's not the the creator in the catholic church and and maybe you don't believe that there is a creator and that's fine you can that is totally acceptable i i know people who just believe in the universe and in the energy of the universe and they feel a strong connection there and i think that if you can tap into that spirituality your creativity just opens up so much you just like connect to the to the um third eye chakra all of that yeah all of that yeah. stuff <laughs> um, um so finding yeah, that, I think that balance that, and that alignment that peace between those different aspects is really important. Yeah, and I think that there is so many ways to define creator and to define divinity. And um, mine just happens to be the definition that the Catholic Church gives. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I think that's a really nice learning and another, it's really nice to see and hear different perspectives on how you've been able to find balance and alignment with those different aspects because they are, um, for a lot of people, really important and really strong and it's um, about bringing that into the world the practical world that we live in um, well and I think that what's hard is like it was a journey it was a super big journey for me to reconnect to Catholicism because there is so much negative conversation around female expression of sexuality and that's something that I am super invested in writing about and sharing yeah. about and as a sexual assault survivor and someone who has experienced trauma that is something that I did blame myself for for a long time because of the way that I was taught about sex growing up from the Catholic Church's perspective. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that my creator just didn't care and that that was just um, patriarchal conversation that the Catholic Church had made up, it was a lot easier for me to talk about Catholicism from a feminist perspective. Yeah, awesome. That's really cool. I am, um, yeah. Uh, I it's a really nice perspective and I'm really awesome. It's nice to be able to share that with people. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm super open about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's, and it's refreshing, I guess too, but also um, really nice. I, I, you know, don't know a lot about the way um, the Catholic church operates, but I, you know, only from a, an outsider's perspective. Um, so it's really interesting to see how feminism can sit within that um, and that it can, and that, you know, that there are, ways to live in alignment for yourself but also have other um you know that cross-sectional approach to things as well and that diversity can really flourish in different environments and you can and really use that um to be a driver for your work as well that's really cool and inspiring thank um, you <laughs> that's, it's cool cool to hear, you, hear your story um what are some lessons that you take away from um your work and the way you are 
building this production company. Um, it's obviously something that a lot of people dream of doing something for themselves and, and building their own business or their own projects. Um, are there any core sort of lessons that you've learned along the way that you think, hey, they're, they're things people need to know before they go and embark on a journey or, hey, I wouldn't have done it if I had have known that? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say one of the first things is like, be really clear about what your limitations are. Sure. and yep. communicate them to whoever you're collaborating with um because when you when you love a project enough to want to produce it and want to like literally be the person putting out all the fires because that is what producing is um versus directing which is mainly the creative push and as the producer you're figuring out how to make it happen just make sure that you tell yourself I'm going to stop looking at my phone by 11 p.m. on this day. I'm going to stop answering emails. I'm not going to be available for calls on these days. Um, give yourself a break and communicate that to your, to your collaborators because in the beginning, because at a certain point it does start to feel like as the producer, you have to do everything. Mm -hmm. um, but also, find people and projects that you care about a lot and don't compromise. Don't take on projects that you don't love because it's a really hard job. That's such good advice for many different aspects of life as well. <laughs> I can hear myself. And it's really hard to figure out. <laughs> it's really, really hard to figure out what projects you do love because when you're starting out, when you're, you're like, oh, I want the experience. I want to take yeah. these on. I want to get this for my reel. I want to build my producing reel. I want to build my directing reel. And then yeah. you're on set with people that you don't like, that you don't vibe with, that you're not communicating with well. And art is just too personal to not love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. When your heart and soul should be in that energy and in that flow and you can really create something beautiful. But if you're pushing, pushing, and communication's not happening or yeah i totally get it it can be especially if it's a project that you're not getting paid for like yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> you know <laughs> and that's right we've all done things that we've not got paid for you've got to be yeah. up for, for the love of it <laughs> love it now i've got a few quick fire questions that i ask most people okay Here's i'm ready what is the the one thing you can't leave home without my cell phone and and probably like a little um ideas notebook like on the subway oh, I get awesome. just like inspiration I'll just yeah. write it down it's really small it's on my shelf that's cool and it's you know it's amazing the different types of things people will choose but um cell phone is totally legit but to have an extra uh pad of paper because I find myself I'm putting things in my phone all the time but I really crave writing it down so it's I won't look at it again if it's in my yeah, phone sure. I'll like <laughs> write the note and then I'll forget about it that's why I need the notebook <laughs> that's cool um, what's your favorite thing to do to unwind? I love taking really long baths. <laughs> it's so luxurious. You just like get a bath bomb nice. and yep. take like a half an hour <laughs> bath. It's wonderful. Sounds great. Um, your favorite place to get inspiration? Hmm. That's a hard one. There's so many great places. I love going to coffee shops and people watching, mm -hmm. but I also love going, like getting out of the city and going to like the woods or like a field. Um, 
but in the city definitely coffee shops and people watching yeah cool um and i guess in relation to your work specifically but what's your favorite um task or um, practice to get in flow to be in your role as producer or writer even because you've been doing a bit of both yes writing is definitely um i have specific playlists that yeah. i have for writing cool. um <laughs> i make a playlist for every short film that i write oh, and direct awesome um, yep sometimes i'll just listen to it before i start writing um i also have note cards for everything that i write before i type it up i like outline them on the note cards so that's something that's super helpful and really easy it's like very in flow thing thing mm. it's definitely like getting up early making myself coffee and then printing out the schedule for the day just so that i'm or i feel organized and i feel ready for whatever comes up yeah cool that sounds empowering you know <laughs> get up have the coffee but also yeah get your head around what's happening and and look at the diary and that's yeah yeah totally get it Oh, I feel buzzed with um, inspiration right now. Oh my awesome. gosh, thank so you. Thanks, it's been such a great conversation. And I think as much as I know our conversation has been about your specific, um, you know, your journey, but there's been a lot of learnings there. I've got, I've taken a lot away from, for our business and the way I would live our lives as well. So that's really cool. Thank you. That's so amazing <laughs> to hear. I love, I love everything that you guys are doing. I love how you guys are ethical. That is something that I value in producing. I try to follow all of the environmental standards for, um, you know, sets because a lot of food gets thrown out and I don't like that. <laughs> yes. There can be a lot of that, like in inconsequential waste stuff that you just don't even think about, but yeah, that's cool to take more of a holistic approach to, to that. And, and yeah um and i guess where can people find more about you or your projects because i know there's a few things in the pipeline that people want to keep an eye on in the coming 12 months or so yeah you can find all of my projects linked to my website monicaarsenault.com um you can check out my web series um at nonhabitsseries.com on the web and also at nonhabitsseries on instagram and my production company is at soul soul series films on instagram awesome and we'll make some notes <clears throat> and leave them too in the, the show notes so that'll be awesome for people mm, to thank, thank you no, thank you so much for an awesome conversation it's been great yeah i'm this was amazing thank you for having me i i love everything you guys do and i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me oh, no worries. thank you <laughs>